Blog Talk Radio. everybody's mind 
everybody is talking about it. Everybody just cannot get over this huge event. Uh, Amusement Park chains Cedar Fair and Six Flags have announced that they are merging. Now, I know people at home are probably laughing because they didn't expect me to go talk about amusement parks. But for someone who spends as many days at amusement parks, and folks, I traveled to North Carolina. uh, uh, I traveled to Pennsylvania and New Jersey uh, and Southern Ohio. I have traveled to multiple states this year just to ride roller coasters owned either by Cedar Fair or Six Flags. And now these two companies are merging, and it's blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) this is what he loves to do when he's not talking about politics. Can you imagine? Exactly. Let me tell you, that's that's one of the things. A dream scenario to me. A dream scenario to me would be you talking politics on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm not going to say it hasn't happened when we get stacked on the break run. And it takes a while to come back <laughs> into the station uh, to roll in and to be released from the restraints. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, especially when I go to Six Flags Park, hopefully that'll change, but stacking on the brake run, that's basically when you've got no roller coasters out on the track. They're all either in the station or waiting to roll into the station. And being stuck on the brake run can be annoying because you want to ride. You don't want to sit there waiting to get off the ride. But there have been multiple times. Uh, That's happened to me often enough that I actually have uh, characters uh, have conversations on the break run of roller coasters in Welcome to Paranormal Acres. Uh, that's, uh, you know, there, there there are a couple of romances that take some very, uh, some very uh, romantic turns from the conversations people have sitting on the break run, riding, waiting to come back into the station. So, yeah, I mean, just, just this month, okay, to show you how insane we are, uh, the last weekend that Cedar Point and Kings Island were open, we drive from our house down to Cincinnati uh, on Friday, which is about a three-and-a-half-hour drive, so that we can do Friday night at Kings Island. We drive part, halfway back, have a hotel, sleep overnight, and then the next day on Saturday we drive back to my house in Warren, Ohio, pick up my daughter and my mom, drive to my in-law's 50th wedding anniversary, which is an hour away, so we've already been driving about three-and-a-half hours by the time we get there, we drive an hour home Saturday night, and then Sunday we get up and head right out for the last day that Cedar Point would be open for the weekend. And that was that was the last weekend in October for me, folks. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, uh, all the conversation around my house over the last two days has been about the, the Cedar Fair Six Flags merger and not the big elections coming up in Ohio. So... Uh, that, 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 that's my life, but hey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, you got to make time for other things aside from politics. I know that's true. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And let me tell you something. Uh, going on a nice 300-foot roller coaster and listening to someone lose their shit three rows behind you, it just makes the world seem like a lot <laughs> less of a complicated place. So, <laughs> I mean, 
See, this, this, this is one of the things that I love about writing with regular people, even though I'm like an enthusiast and the vast majority of these coasters don't bother me anymore because we took one of our kids' friends with us to King's Island and her reactions on ride, it just, family coasters became entertaining. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and yes, we enthusiasts do. Uh, we are very entertained when somebody is, uh, is uh, saying comedic things. So, <laughs> while they're on a ride. Um, oh, we're horrible. But no, church, church, we, we could go on to regular national news now. Uh, of course, Ohio is getting ready to protect abortion in the state. Issue one is doing incredibly well. We are crushing it. And issue two uh, looks like it's going to be pulled across the finish line, which is going to give recreational cannabis legal in Ohio. And, of course, the most important thing for chronic pain patients like myself is that issue two will allow anyone 21 years of age or older to grow up to six cannabis plants for their own use in their home legally. Uh, so uh, goodbye to having to drive to Michigan just so we don't get ripped off. Uh, and you know, it's, no, it's no joke, folks. Uh, so many people from Ohio go into Michigan to buy their recreational weed that the last time I went into Michigan, there was a billboard at the exit that said, Michigan, where Ohio gets its weed, and it was an advertisement for a, a, a rec shop in the next town. So it's a pretty wow. it's a pretty badly kept secret that that's what a lot of Ohioans do. Um, but I, I think a couple of the southern more cannabis stores in Michigan might up wind up getting the act once Ohio gets its own legal weed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. well, I'm sure they're enjoying the revenue that you guys are generating for their state. Oh, God, yeah. Well, actually, that's the funny thing. Because of a peculiarity in Michigan law, they don't have to charge the cannabis sales tax to people from Ohio. Uh, so we actually get it cheaper than people who live in Michigan do. Uh, and it was just huh. because whoever wrote it wrote That was passed by the Michigan legislature. You got to hand it to them that they did it before people had to pass an initiative. Uh, I do believe. If, if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong. Trust me, weed, weed smokers are like Star Trek fans, uh, if you say anything wrong. Uh, but even if it was by popular initiative, the way it was worded, it's just a loophole. And it's just so funny because I, you know, even if I didn't have to show ID to get, it, to get my weed in Michigan, uh, and trust me, I look like I'm over 21, uh, I'd still show it just so they can see I'm from Ohio. Uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. uh, but let me tell you. I will tell you, I am having so much fun right now packing a nice roasty bowl, kicking back, and watching Trump lose his shit in the New York civil fraud trial. Oh, my God, folks. Is that not the most entertaining thing that you've ever watched? I mean, it's better than anything on fucking court TV. That's for goddamn sure. Uh, I mean, oh, my God. I mean, you can see how much Trump cares about this one because he's actually fucking showing up. He never showed up for his the trial for uh, defamation against Eugene Carroll. He didn't have to show up, and he never did. He's showing up for this because this gets right to the heart of the Trump myth, the idea that he's this successful businessman who can wheel and deal and do so successfully. And now it turns out that he got his money the old-fashioned way, 
through fraud. Uh, and uh, and it's, it's just coming apart at the seams here. I mean, you've gotten him uh, literally threatening him with jail. He's been slapped him with some yeah. lighter fines. But he, and Goron, Judge Engoron is showing him uh, Engoron is showing him that he is not fucking around. And he will, and, and he's, I mean, literally, Trump is, is really, I think he's playing for the appeal now. Because the judge has already found him liable for fraud. The numbers alone proved fraud. Uh, that's yeah. one of the reasons why these kind of cases are so difficult to defend against. They're paper cases. And if you have paper with numbers on it that consistently don't line up in the exact same way, in the way that benefits you the most, this is pretty much a clear ringing bell. Ding, 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 ding. You found fraud. Um, so he's already been judged, ruled against. It's just a question of how much is he going to have to pay in damages? Uh, how egregious was this? How willful was this? And at every turn, Trump is doing everything he can to piss this guy off. And because Trump's lawyers didn't check the right box jury trial, the judge is the sole arbiter on how much he's going to hit the Trump family for. And Trump is going out of his way to just piss the guy off left and right. Um, I don't know if he wants to provoke the judge to do something extreme and use that as a basis for a uh, an appeal. I really don't think uh-huh. that Trump is that smart anymore. I think he may have been at one point, but now the guy has just fucking lost it. I mean, take a look at the guy's campaign stump speech. Well, don't look at his stump speeches. That's torture. But go go log on to Pod Save America. Uh, check them out on YouTube, and they'll run a nice montage of Trump's greatest hits of being just completely fucking baffled as to where he is or what the fucking day it is. Um, so I don't think he's that smart. I just think he's that delusional. Um, in, in, in every step. I mean, the guy is telling his lawyers what to write. You can tell because the motions that Trump's lawyers are filing contain flowery language that you normally don't put in documents you're submitting to a court, especially this last round that he submitted to uh, mm-hmm. Judge Tanya Chuck in, in federal court. Um you know, like literally, they, they did an appeal on the gag order talking about how millions of Americans look forward to hearing Trump something like his, 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 his melodic rhetoric in the uplifting their life. And I'm just like, you don't put that shit in the legal brief. You're not, this isn't a PR stunt. You're not I talking know. to entertainment tonight. Oh, my I God. It's, it's fucking hilarious. And he's trying to throw Eric they, under the bus. Eric threw himself under the bus. Uh, oh, oh God. My God. I know. Eric Trump is just a disaster. Oh, they're all a walking disaster. But Eric, I mean, no, not the dumb kid. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> so now they've extended the gag order to the legal team. Why? What happened? Because he doesn't want Trump sending threatening messages out in lawyer language and lawyerly statements because they fear that he's going to. I think a couple of the of his attorneys who aren't his attorneys anymore who are talking to prosecutors 
tipping them off that this is one of the things that he talked about doing. Uh, sending out messages to threaten people through legalese through his lawyers to get around the gag order. I mean, literally, wow. the, gag, the gag order is only against threats of violence for, or threats that could result in violence against court personnel and witnesses and that kind of thing. And when Trump says that they're restricting speech that is at the heart of his ability to campaign, that is, the judges are not stupid. They're seeing that he is declaring that the only way he can campaign effectively is by threatening people with violence. And that is going to lead even the most conservative appellate court, even the Supreme Court, to deny him his motion to avoid the gag order. Um, and the, Trump's lawyers are in a panic because they know that he wants to unleash. I mean, all Judge Chuckin had to do was suspend her own order pending appeal as a courtesy, and he went out and fucking violated it for like 48 hours straight until the point where she had to reinstate it on his ass uh, just because he proved that he can't be trusted to behave like a big boy if he's not having his hand held. Um, so it's just – and let me tell you something, folks. There's something that kind of bugs me, again, with my fellow liberals on the left, and we've spoken about this before. But whenever I talk oh, yeah. about Trump the loser, about how he lost, you know, he lost the popular vote in 2016, he lost uh, seats for Republicans in 2018, he lost the 2020 election, he lost uh, seats for the House, he cost the House elections in 2022, and he's lost every single election, special election, that he's endorsed. In fact, I was joking around the same since he supported Jim Jordan, and Jim Jordan forced three votes on the Speaker of the House thing. Does that mean that Trump just lost three more elections? And whenever I talk like that, you always get these the, the, the nervous Nellie. You feel like, oh, don't talk about it like that. We don't want to celebrate it in 2016. And it's like, dude. I'm not saying to celebrate. I'm not saying to pop the champagne corks. I'm not saying to relax. But what I'm saying is is that we need to paint Trump as two things, a clown and a loser, because this guy's campaign that he's running is 100% authoritarian strongman campaign. And we're seeing through the numbers that he's pulling with the ragged remnants of the Republican Party that there are people in this country that respond positively to a strongman campaign. Like, I'm the tough guy. I'm going to be able to be tough. I'm going to be able to fight for your interests because I'm so tough. And that kind of thing. And it's you know, the one thing that authoritarian and strongman leaders cannot handle is ridicule. Because they know if people laugh at them, they stop fearing them. And when they stop fearing them, their power evaporates. Like, you know, like right. a fucking uh, vape in the bathroom at an amusement park. See, I should turn that around there. But anyway, um, you know, <laughs> and so that's why it's vital. And part of fighting against him is painting him as a clown and a loser. So when we talk about how he's a loser and how he keeps losing and how – we're not tired of winning on the left because Trump keeps losing. That's part of fighting him. We have to fight the image he has of this 
scowling, mean guy. We don't want to make Trump into a supervillain because we know that he's a bad guy. We know he's a neo-Nazi. We know he's a fascist. But the thing is, is that if you treat him like Voldemort and you won't even say his name or you won't talk about him in certain ways, that gives him power. That makes you think that you're afraid of him in some way, uh, and that only helps his branding. But if we keep talking about how he's a clown and a loser, we just reinforce that. And when Trump gets convicted in the January 6th case, when Trump gets convicted in the Georgia case, that is going to destroy a lot of his strongman armor. It doesn't surprise me that Trump hasn't lost support amongst the Republicans when he got indicted. Because part of being a strong man is saying, look, see, I'm winning so much that they got to bring the full government against me to try to bring me down. And that gives a certain air of invincibility, even though he's been indicted, even though people are flipping on him, even though his legal stuff couldn't be going any fucking worse short of him running down the street with a bloody knife shouting, I did it. He still has this hold on his people in the Republican Party because he's still looking as the tough guy that they got to indict to try to bring down. But once he starts to lose, and especially since when he loses in Georgia, I'm predicting that everybody except possibly Jeff Clark eventually flips on Trump. And yes, even Rudy Giuliani. Um, because as unhinged as Rudy is, Rudy has prosecuted RICO cases before, and he knows that the common thing that prosecutors do is they get as many of the <clears throat> of the underlings to flip as they can, and that turns up the pressure on the middlemen. And when the middlemen start flipping, that's when the boss has got to sweat. And you're damn close with Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbrough, but the fact that Mark Meadows has already gotten immunity from Jack Smith and is probably going to wind up flipping in the Georgia Rico case as well, just because you don't, you know, you don't give Jack Smith information and expect it not to be used in Georgia. Uh, that's just not the way prosecutors work, even between federal and local. Uh, if, if information comes out in court, it will be held against somebody in another court. So he's going to want to cut a deal with uh, Fonnie Willis as soon as he can. But the thing is, is that once people like, um, like Mark Meadows flip, man, the fat lady's warming up, you know. She's got her herbal <laughs> tea with the honey in it, and she's warming up. And at that point, if Meadows officially flips and becomes a cooperating witness in the Georgia case, I think Rudy could even see the writing on the wall and decide to flip. And if you see people who are that stalwart attacking Trump, and the Georgia trial is going to be fully televised. Um, oh my God. That also helps destroy his strongman image. So, again, guys, this is the message. Trump is a clown, and he's a loser. And we can't wait to kick his ass in the next election, just like we kicked his ass four fucking years ago. And that needs to be our message. And we got we got to make it sound like, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're popping popcorn. We're going to make margaritas on uh, on election night, and get. but we're not going to break them out until they call it for Biden. You know, we'll, we'll tell them we're getting ready for the celebration uh, because, you know, 
uh, but we're not going to pop any corks until it's called. And, again, that's all psychological warfare. I mean, let me tell you guys something. It, it work, This kind of shit works, okay? Uh, there, there's an app on the Internet that my wife got me to sign up for, and I'm probably going to quit it because it's horrendous. It's called Nextdoor. And if you've ever heard of that, it's like Facebook, but it's based on your local geographic location. And if you ever want to lose all faith that your neighbors are decent people at all, join next door. You will see the worst fucking sides of these people. Well, I was in, I decided to poke my head into a discussion because it was about issue one, the, the, the abortion rights amendment in Ohio. And this one guy with a Trump 2020 profile picture was talking about how horrible it was that liberals were trying to kill babies like they do at Epstein's Island and all the QAnon shit. And I just poked in there. I didn't say anything against Trump. I just said, dude, you're a Trump supporter. Do you really trust that this election in Ohio is going to be fair? And he answered back saying, yeah, you're right. It's all fixed. I'm not going to fucking bother. And he quit the conversation. And so it's like, see, (laughs) one less Trump voter is going to vote. I can't issue one this upcoming Tuesday. Folks, you know, the people who are still on the Trump train, you know that they can be fooled. They believe Donald Trump. So, again, we got to make, even if we're going to keep our fingers and toes crossed until we cross the finish line personally, we got to tell the world out there, oh, yeah, we're looking forward to kicking Trump's ass again. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to have a watch party, you know? It's like, fuck it, because we got to make these people think, you know, see, this ain't 2016. We are really ready to kick your guys' ass. And uh, you never know. You get a day when it's, you know, if it's rainy and the line's along, and there are going to be people just deciding, you know, fuck it, the guy's a loser. He's, he's sitting in jail right now, or he's pending appeal right now. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's all part of the game. So remember, he's a clown, he's a loser, and we cannot wait to kick his orange tangerine ass at the ballot box yet again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So what's happening in Rudy world? In Rudy world? Uh, Rudy is almost to the point of uh, tying a stake around his neck so his dog will play with him. Uh, literally, the guy, um, the guy's already admitted that he defamed the Georgia election workers, and any money that's left after they hit him with a civil judgment uh, is going to be soaked up by Dominion. Uh, Donald Trump won't pay for his bills anymore. He's going on Newsmax every five minutes because they'll pay him to call in with a Zoom call and say stupid, crazy shit. But even Newsmax is getting tired of the fact that he really has nothing new. Um, and he's, he's really, I mean, I, he, tries to, he tried to claim that he was already couch surfing. He ain't there yet. He still owns a luxury apartment in Trump Tower. Um, but, uh, you know, Trump Tower ain't going to be Trump Tower for much longer. Uh, he's going to have to, he's not going to be able to, to do business in the state of New York once the civil fraud trial is over. 
uh, they're going to completely revoke him and his family's business licenses in the state of New York, uh, and probably for at least a 20-year period, which for Donald Trump is, you know, basically the rest of his life. Um, and he's and and the guy to, for claiming that he's so fucking wealthy, he's very cash poor. Most of his resources mm-hmm. are not liquid. He's probably going to have to sell Trump Tower. He's going to have to sell all of his New York properties. He might be able to keep the estate in upstate New York that he actually used as a residence uh, when his kids were teenagers uh, and when they were younger. Um, but he might even have to sell Mar-a-Lago because Mar-a-Lago is owned not by Donald Trump, but by a Trump business that is certified in the state of New York. Um, so, and the hell of it is, is that his assets have already been frozen in place uh, by the court because they have an observer. They haven't technically frozen his assets, but they have an observer. They try to move assets out of the Trump organization in New York where they have most of their money into businesses that they own in other states. Uh, the comptroller that the courts have assigned will put a stop to it. So literally there's nothing keeping, there's nothing that's going to allow Trump to sh- sh- shuffle that money away. And because he focused on New York for so long, uh, most of his stuff is certified uh, is from a business that is chartered in New York State. So um, by this time next year, both Trump Tower and Rudy's apartment in Trump Tower are probably going to be owned by other people. So uh, Rudy's in a world of hurt. And uh, I'll tell you, um, he wouldn't be the first person to decide, you know what? I'm going to flip, I'm going to sell my story to Simon & Schuster, and I'm going to go on a book tour. And uh, what's he doing? Um, I mean, it would be hilarious if uh, the book tour was, you know, sponsored by a hair dye company after that time Rudy mounted out on camera. You know, the Rudy Giuliani oh, yeah. story sponsored by Just for Men. When you're in a, when you're in a hot situation – and tensions on the rise, you don't want your hair dye to run. Just look at Rudy. So try just for them. Anyway. Well, I mean, <laughs> brought to you by the Four Seasons Lawn, lawn uh, Landscaping Company. <laughs> right, right. Located across from the dildo shop in the bad part of town. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hilarious. But I know. Um, that's why people gotta relax, man. This shit's too funny. You just gotta enjoy it as it happens. So how's Joe doing? I mean, you know, I keep hearing the. I, I'm still hearing the he's too old thing, but it, it cracks me up because if you listen to Trump's speeches, he makes no oh, yeah. sense at all. Oh, let me tell you. Trump, even, I mean, Joe has a the stutter. Tr- but, yeah. But Joe's always yeah. had a stutter, you know? Even, the traditional, media, even the traditional media is catching on to that. New York Times just ran a piece this morning talking about uh, the concerns of Trump campaign insiders as to Trump's mental state. Um, and there's all kinds of stuff leaking out about him just losing it over the New York civil fraud trial. Uh, to a ridiculous mm-hmm. degree. And all those stories are starting to leak out. Look, you know, the thing is, is that, yeah, there's a lot of people on the Democratic side 
who think who would love to have someone younger run, but the the Democratic voting electorate ha, has not only been very pragmatic for the last few cycles. Uh, you know, we've been very pragmatic with every new person coming in because you know every year uh, millions of Gen Z kids become eligible to vote. Next year's election is going to be the first time voting for president. Uh, for both of my kids, because uh, Anakin so turned 18 after the last presidential election, and Anya turns 18 in January. I'm not going to have any minor kids in my house after January. That is still blowing my fucking mind. But uh, you know, they're not alone. And the, the Gen Z kids are very practical. They'll be like, yeah, look, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I think this should be better, and I think this should be different. But the only other guy who's going to win is a fucking Nazi. So, you right. know, it's like defeat the Nazis, fix other stuff after you're done. Let me tell you something. By the time the next presidential run comes, um, the Republican Party is going to be in shambles. It won't matter who they run. And Gen Z is going to be able to have a nice, robust primary to really decide who's going to uh, succeed Joe Biden. Uh, because really, the next presidential election, I'm predicting that the Republican Party is going to be in such tatters by the time that they're done that the next uh, presidential election is going to be determined in the Democratic primary. Uh, I really don't think the Republicans <laughs> are going to be in any shape to mount a national campaign. Uh, once Trump loses in 2024, um, he is going to claim uh, that anybody who didn't try to help him He'll, uh, either election is a rhino. He's going to turn his base against the establishment. His base is just going to fucking check out of most politics. You might see some of them uh, going to some new splinter parties that will probably pop up. But literally, I, I really feel like um, the entire Republican Party is going to collapse because Trump is going to decide when he's staring down the barrel of prison He's going to decide that if he goes down, he's taking somebody with him. And if it can't be the whole country, it's going to be the Republican Party. You know he's petty. You know he's like that. And you know he's going to do it just because he fucking can, like a little kid breaking a toy. So, um, you know, I really don't think that, you know, and also, too, the fact that so many people are just showing clips of Trump mumbling incoherently um, yeah. trying to say Victor Orban is the leader of Turkey or, you know, saying that he's in Sioux City when he's in Sioux Falls, which are literally two cities really far apart from each other. They are not close. <laughs> it's, uh, and, and also when he said that Joe Biden's going to get us into World War II if he's reelected. Uh, folks, you know, Joe yeah, Biden is that. old enough possibly to have fought <laughs> in World War II. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, and that stuff's getting around, too. So it's literally, you know, it, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, people are saying Joe Biden, I don't like how old Joe Biden is. But it's kind of like uh, the, 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 the math that the Bush people used to do to try to win over the youth vote while not embracing any issue that younger voters wanted. They just thought that if they right. amped up the frustration of younger voters against the establishment, that they would come to them as a default. But the thing is, this is not the baby boomers or the Gen Xers. 
the millennials and the and the Gen Z people are not that reflexively self-destructive. You know, it's kind of like right. saying, well, yeah, I don't like the sandwich you gave me, but I don't want a muffin made out of ground glass, and that's the only alternative you're giving me. So, um, right. you know, what, what it is is like, yeah, Joe Biden has his problems. Trump has more. And let me tell you something. I watched the Republican primary, and I'm really glad that Donald Trump is slaughtering the rest of the Republican field. You have no idea how much relief that brings me. Because any one of these jokers running, if, they, if, if Trump were to suddenly, like, keel over and one of these people had to be the nominee, um, they're still beholden to the MAGA base. They are still beholden to all the extremities. You know, if they think that they could go and, and, and govern like a President Mitt Romney or a President Jeb Bush would have, no, they wouldn't have. They would be a fucking disaster. But the thing is, they're not as much of an obvious disaster as the second Donald Trump term would be. So I really think that with the media's focus on Biden's age, as well as other, as well as other things that they really had to invent, um, that if it was somebody like Nikki Haley um, or Tim Scott, or well, actually, no, not Tim Scott. The Republicans aren't going to fucking vote for Tim Scott. Yeah, people need to get over that right now. But if it was somebody like uh, Nikki Haley or any one of the other forgettable few, not Ron DeSantis, the guy is just just repels people just by existing. Um, but you know, there are several. Mike Pence, if if Donald Trump had killed over last week and Mike Pence was still in, Mike Pence and Nikki Haley, them getting the nomination, um, they could really yeah. give Joe a run for his money. I would actually be worried about that kind of a lineup, but they're not going to have that kind of a lineup. Donald Trump is leading so far ahead. Uh, the Republican primary is really tight place, but uh, yeah. it, 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 the field is they're they're just pathetic, and they're a sideshow. And I can't believe that NBC is actually going to broadcast one of these circuses. I'm glad because I'd love to hear Rachel Maddow give her running color commentary on it. Um, but still. Um, it's pathetic, and it makes the entire party look worse, the fact that they're just so weak and ineffectual against a very vulnerable candidate. <laughs> it's exhausting, though. The constant, you know, oh, know. back and forth. But watching, watching, you know, not that I'm seeing the trial, but just hearing the, the updates about what's happening with Trump is enough? I mean, I'm so tired already, and the season hasn't even started yet. I'm like, holy oh. shit! How am I going to keep up with this? It's incredible. Oh, but the previews are so much fun before this show. Just look at the Georgia movie that's going on right now. I mean, yeah, now you've got you you've got multiple Trumpsters who are flipping. You've got four. Yeah of the 19 co-defendants who have already flipped, including Kenneth Chesbrough, the the author of the sedition memo, the, the theory that Mike Pence could unilaterally decide the election um, through creative interpretation of the Constitution. Um, you've got Sidney Powell, one of his main mouthpieces. Bye. Uh, and now you've got even people like Jenna Ellis 
who is very photogenic and very, shall we say, uh, Sunday show friendly. She's the kind of Trump person they like to book on Sunday shows. Not only is she flipped and she's going to testify against people above her, then she's going to wind up getting her own book deal because she gets no jail time. Her own book deal. And when she goes out on that book tour, um, she is going to be booked on every Sunday show talking about how fucked up being around Donald Trump was. I mean, is everything that could go wrong for Donald Trump in these trials is going wrong. And here's a little something about Georgia. Even Georgia's Republican governor can't issue a pardon. Uh, the, the legislature took the go- governor's pardon power away when one of their old governors abused the living fuck out of it. Um, so any convictions, that's why you're seeing people flip right now, by the way. Uh, if Donald Trump gets convicted by Jack Smith, you watch all yeah. the other unindicted co-conspirators get in a foot race to see who can flip on the rest of them first uh, because they're all holding out right now except for Meadows because that we know of because they're hoping that Trump could get elected and pardon them once he's president. Um, but Georgia, nobody can pardon you for that. If you get convicted, you're convicted. Uh, and that's really sticky because they know that loyalty with Donald Trump is a one-way street. And if Donald Trump, even if he did get to the White House, he's not going to extend, he's not going to break a sweat to help these people in Georgia. He's just going to be like, well, you fucked up. You weren't hiding up on the totem pole. Sucks to be you because that's Donald Trump's nature. He's not loyal. He just expects loyalty from others. So, of course, they're flipping. Um, they're flipping like a grilled cheese sandwich. And it's incredible to see. I mean, do you have any idea how much damaging shit Sidney Powell is going to be able to hand out about Rudy fucking Giuliani? That's why I'm thinking Rudy's going to flip. When he finds out what Sidney Powell has told Bonnie Willis, he's probably going to be like, oh, fuck. If I was a prosecutor, I'd be buying the champagne right now. And that's when he goes to see about getting a cooperation deal. I don't think he'll escape with no prison time, but I think he could negotiate for six months in a country club prison and then, you know, go back out into the world uh, again to do the book tour and all that shit. Because the guy's not going to be able to practice law anymore. He's already being disbarred in every uh, jurisdiction where he's practiced. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, Sidney Powell flipping is fucking huge. Kenneth Chesbro flipping fucking huge. I mean, these are just the kind of things that make cases. So every, just about every court case, the only court case that's not going badly for Trump is the, the one in New York that Alvin Bragg's bringing, because they haven't even gotten around to doing that one yet. Alvin Bragg's like, no, 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 you guys, you guys get him first. I'll come in and mop up the pieces when you're done. <laughs> wow. See, here's what I don't understand. We've already seen all of the evidence, loyalty being a one-way street. He is not loyal to anybody but himself. He's not even loyal to his own children. Why at this yeah. date are people still so afraid of him? I don't get it. It's that strongman illusion. It's the fact that this was the guy who got a who got a a a, a crowd to storm the Capitol. Um, of course, you know he's you know he he completely 
flaked out on those dudes. You know, there were some people wondering if he was going to issue a blanket pardon before he left office. There was a chance that that actually could have stuck if he had done it, but he didn't because he was too focused on pushing the big lie to worry about his foot soldiers. Uh, that, by the way, folks, is why you haven't seen a lot of people with guns and flak armor showing up when Donald Trump has been processed or booked at any of these court cases. A lot of the people who are willing to bludgeon a cop for him are already either facing prison sentences or they're hiding from the feds. And the other people who weren't part of January 6th, who could have been part of Trump's thing, do not fucking trust him anymore. I'm not talking about your blowhard neighbor with the fucking Confederate flag going, oh, yeah, I still love Trump. No, I'm talking about the guys who actually train the militias, who actually have the mm-hmm. stockpiles, who could actually be fucking dangerous. They saw that this guy completely abandoned all of his soldiers in the field, and they're going to hold their fire. If he gets back in, they'll come back to him. But they ain't going to put themselves out there one fucking inch until they know that he'd have the power to protect them. And then they would make returning to be his personal muscle conditioned on an assurance of that kind of protection. Uh, And it ain't going to happen because he's going to, I mean, he is literally going to go down like one of Sidney Powell's cans of Diet Diet Dr. Pepper during her deposition to the January 6th commission. Okay. Um, And so that's why these guys are not turning out stage terrorist attacks. We still have to worry about the lone nuts who decide to go and strike a blow for Trump and, and, and country. But uh, the organized groups, they're, they're keeping their powder dry because they really don't trust the guy right now. Or should they? No one should. This just astounds me. I don't under, I still don't get it. These are grown adults. You would think these are intelligent people who can see the actions of this man, I don't know why they think they're special. I don't know why they think he would do anything for them. I don't understand any of that because he's already proven seven ways to Sunday that he can't be trusted. He can't even be trusted to look after his own interests. How could he possibly be tr- I mean, I think he's just pushing this envelope, again, as a strong man toy with the judges just to see how far – he can go. I think he would love to go right. to jail. I think he would use that to raise tons of money if he could. I think it's insane. But I think he's insane. Oh, yeah, well, you know, the hell it is. The, the, the Trump phenomenon for so many people is the fact that after Barack Obama was not only elected, but he was reelected. He was comfortably reelected. Um, the people, you know, the white pet is American male who has had privilege since the founding of the nation who especially the slimy ones who know how much easier they have than other races and genders and enjoy that fact and revel in that fact people like Donald Trump um, they saw Barack Obama's tenure as a direct threat to they saw their privileged space running everything in society, slipping away, and Donald Trump is the reaction. And when you back somebody out of fear, they've built a mythology around Donald Trump that in no way 
matches the reality of the man. I mean, literally, there are people publishing books saying Donald Trump, God's chosen warrior. The guy who was raw-dogging a porn star while his wife was recovering from birthing his child. I mean, they've literally built a religious narrative up in their own minds, and the fact that so many of his supporters are evangelical is no fucking wonder, because these people are great at inventing religious narratives where they don't exist. Look at rapture theology. That's not in the fucking Bible. They have to knit it together like a wicked ritual, and we all know how chaotic that is. Uh, so it's like these people, they've built a mythology around the man and they've invested themselves and their hopes for the future in that mythology. So, you know, it's going to take a lot to destroy that, but we're going to have to make the man broken and beaten, incarcerated, and, you know, forsaken by the rest of society before they can start to come out of the haze. And the upshot of this is it's probably going to scare evangelicals away from being involved in politics for a generation or two. I think that's a good thing. I think that if you, I think that, you know, you know, when, when too many evangelicals uh, are politically active, they run for office. And if you believe that the rapture is going to happen, you shouldn't be involved in running anything. If you can't separate, you know, your religious thoughts from the fucking reality around you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not so hard to think. It's not so hard to believe, though, when you realize that people reverted in fear and found a person willing to play whatever role they wanted him to be. You know, Donald Trump, for conservatives and evangelicals, he is their Canadian girlfriend. They can say whatever they want about him. They can put whatever expectations that they want about him. Of course, you know, Canadian girlfriend in the classic of, I have a girlfriend, but you've never met her because she's in another country. I met her on vacation. The classic bullshit that I pulled, too, when I was a fucking lonely 13-year-old who couldn't get a date. But Trump has become uh, the Republicans' Canadian girlfriend. They can make whatever they want about him through in their own minds. And as long as they keep the discussion within the bubble with other people who have bought in to their vision of the Canadian girlfriend – they can convince themselves it's real for a little while longer. Uh, And so we just have to continue, again, uh, taking the shit out of Donald Trump and the entire Republican Party at the ballot box. Because, you know, you can just go grab them by the ballot box. When you're a voter, they let you do it. So we got (laughs) to show him that that's the fucking truth. I love it. That's hilarious. Well, you know what? That made me feel great for the weekend. Uh, Let's wrap it up. Tell folks again how they can catch up with you. Yes, well, check me out uh, at com. There's a link to my Kindle Vela story, Welcome to Paranormal Acres, as well as links to buy both The Sorceress and The Witch, the first two books in The Sorceress Saga. Also, uh, with Welcome to Paranormal Acres being in the Sorcerer's Universe. Uh, Raina's going to share the link on the Desperate House Witches homepage. Uh, so all y'all Already can did. go and check it out. Um, yep. Leave me a you – know, what I really need is for folks to leave me a star, leave me a five-star rating because you like me, <laughs> and uh, leave a few kind words about how much 
you like the story. Zella is still a young platform. The uh, Amazon algorithm has certain things it looks for. And the more people I have not only reading, but also commenting on and giving ratings to my story and the individual episodes on uh, Kindle Vella for Welcome to Paranormal Acres, the higher I'll come up in search results and the more people are going to be able to stumble across. So uh, if you if you want to help keep supporting me and everything I do, especially as I prepare to start the Pagan Pundit podcast, which I promise is coming up soon, once I wrap up this season, uh-huh. I'll be able to think about things other than writing uh, every for about three or four hours every day. Uh, um, if you want to support that, come and read Welcome to Paranormal Acres on Kindle Vela. Uh, and check me out at com. You can find me at TalisonGovannon on both uh, Instagram and on Threads. I'm still occasionally uh, doing some stuff on Facebook especially when I want to write something really long-winded because threads won't let me. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I'm, also, I'm also on TikTok. If you want to come and check out the little roller coaster videos that I do, I'm Callison Govannon on TikTok as well. On most social media formats, if I'm on there, I'm either Callison G or Callison Govannon. Uh, now, I, like I said, the final episode in Season 1 of Welcome to Paranormal Acres is going to be uploaded within the next week. I have, I am going to be writing it within a couple of days. I have about uh, seven episodes to put up before it. Season one is going to be over, and we're going to be getting ready for season two. That debuts in January 2024. So uh, keep, keep an eye on it. Read it. Send me a message. Leave me a comment. Uh, say hi to me on social media. Uh, if anybody is at the uh, opening day for Kings Island next spring, I'll be there too, so you can see me there. And remember, folks, take some time to, uh, you know, my friends, in this era of political stress, take my advice, pull down your pants, and slide on the ice. I will see you next time, same bad time, same bad all right my friend (laughs) and there he goes all right everybody um i hope you guys have a fantastic weekend next week is going to be super cool i've got uh antonio pagliarulo coming on to talk about the evil eye on thursday super excited and laurel woodward is coming on to talk about wellness witchery so i'm i'm gonna have a great couple of shows coming up again this coming week so oh and um mystic south 2024 start planning now uh get a jump on it uh they are already accepting workshops i will be there with desperate house witches of course and i'll be doing two shows i will be doing a thursday pre-show again and the regular friday show from mystic south in fabulous Atlanta, Georgia. More details as they come. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Have a good one.